The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments, and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Barker here, the new grad physio mentor, and welcome back to the new grad physio podcast. Welcome for the first time, if you're joining me for the very first time you've never listened to the the podcast uh, before welcome 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 so what i want to talk about in this podcast episode is the rib cage so i've actually had a quite a few questions over the, the last say week or two around the rib cage and specifically around rib cage assessments treatments rehab and probably off the back of um, a lot of content that you you may or may not have seen on say things like Instagram and you know Facebook, LinkedIn, etc., etc., on social media about the rib cage and and specifically you know physios assessing treating the rib cage with their their patients and it can get a little bit complicated. You know, I I certainly um, found that when I first started looking into to this area and it's clearly an area that is not taught. In, in university but it's something that's really important and it's something that if you you know some of the I guess the simple concepts around the rib cage and how the rib cage works it can really help you to to make some some really great and um, progress and, and, and get really great results with the, the patients that you're working with and that's not just for problems in and around the I guess the low back and pelvis and things like that, but but for a whole host of, of different reasons, which I'm going to, to explain in this podcast episode. And, you know, this, I guess, concept or the sort of rib cage is clearly not anything new. We've, we've had rib cages for a very long time. Um, rib cages move around uh, and, you know, clearly that's, that's not new. And it's, again, in terms of assessment, treatment and, and rehab of, of the rib cage again this is this is not not a new concept you know certainly a lot more um interest in this area and that's probably just been you know combined with the rise of, of social media and and that's probably where you know you've seen it maybe in recent years i first came across this type of work and assessing treating and rehabbing the rib cage probably around about 10 years ago now probably a little bit longer when i did a couple of courses um via the postural restoration institute 
that is a I guess a, an organization institute that is based across the the pond over um, over in the sort of states uh, and I went through you know some of their teachings I've been through all their all their modules um, some online some some sort of in person and uh, that was a long time ago now and you know I, I don't treat using their philosophy per se but what I have taken is some of um, their assessments some of the way they treat and manage uh, patients with a whole host of different problems but but namely some of their ribcage you know assessments and, and techniques and, and incorporate it into my own practice so I use it a different way uh, but that is sort of where I first learned about the the rib cage and I guess how it can have such a big impact on on your patients but like I mentioned it can get a little bit complicated but but simply put if you can understand what the ribs do when we breathe in and when we breathe out and how this relates to movement uh, particularly at the lower back and the pelvis then you will really simply be able to make sense of this area and you'll be able to see how poor ribcage movement can cause problems like low back pain, like pelvic pain, pubic overload, those patients that have recurrent maybe hamstring and calf problems, even patients with overload type of symptoms like patella or Achilles tendon pain, plus you know many more injuries. If you can understand how the ribcage works and how it influences other structures in and around the body, then it will really help you make sense of your, your patient's problems. And also shed light on why some of the patients that you may be seeing in the past are not responding to some of the exercises that you might give them, some of the treatment techniques that you might use. Because put simply, if they have a ribcage problem and you don't assess that ribcage problem, you're behind the eight ball straight away and you're making your life certainly far more difficult than it needs to be and it's going to obviously be a massive massive barrier in front of you and your patient to stop them getting to to where they need to be and it's something in terms of ribcage assessment treatment rehab something that I use all the time with the patients I see in private practice also the athletes that I work with in in all manner of different different sports and it's really important and that's why I've produced and uploaded specific content in my new graph physio membership that teaches therapists that I work with how to assess treat and rehab using specific rib cage techniques and some of this stuff can be absolute gold dust given how important rib cage you know mechanics are to, to the body and you know to, to shed some light on that just think about what the rib cage does it helps you breathe in and breathe out and you breathe around 22,000 times a day that is a lot of times clearly you, you breathe 24 7 you breathe when you're awake you breathe when you're asleep that is a lot a lot of repetition 22,000 so if you compare that really simply and simplistically to to rehab that you might prescribe with your patient in the clinic you maybe give them you know three times ten of this exercise or you know four times six reps of, of another exercise and even if you've got your patient doing their rehab multiple times a day, say they do it three times a day, they're probably doing, you know, 100 reps a day, something like that. Clearly, that doesn't correlate to 22,000. And again, put really simply, if you're doing something really poorly 22,000 times a day, clearly, this is not a good thing. And, you know, away from being a good thing, it can be actually particularly actually worse than that. And, you know, regardless of how good your rehab plan may be if they're doing something really poorly if your patient is you know is breathing poorly 
22,000 times a day, this will undo almost any rehab plan, no matter how good the rehab plan is. And if we relate that to an example, so we think about a patient that you might see in the clinic with lower back pain. I'm sure this has happened before. This has happened to me so, so many times, particularly when, when I was a sort of new grad and before I really understood these sort of concepts that I'm sort of talking about. Now, you have a patient with back pain, you assess them, you, you know, you identify what's going on, you treat them, maybe you do some hands-on work, maybe you do some rehab in the clinic. They jump up from the bed, you retest them, and they feel great. Symptoms are dampened down, whether that's pain, you know, in, improved movement, whatever it may be. But many times for patients like this, particularly with low back pain, their symptoms will return. It might be, you know, a day or two later. For many, it's the same day. You know, a few hours later, their back pain starts to, to creep back in. They go down to pick something up and the back tightens up again. They go to sleep that evening, they feel pretty good. They get up in the morning, their back pain has come back. And then they're in your clinic the next week. They're pretty frustrated. They're pissed off that their, you know, their symptoms are still there. And they're asking you, as their physio, why? and what you're going to do next to, to fix them up. And this is really hard. It might be that they have a ribcage problem that you've just not, you're not identified uh, and obviously you've not treated. Um, if they do have a ribcage issue, and this is something that, again, you've not been able to, to pick up, it's something that you've not been able to treat, it's very likely that their symptoms are going to come back. To think about again the importance, which I'm going to talk about now, of ribcage movement and mechanics, and also the frequency. Twenty-two thousand reps a day is massive, and that's just in day-to-day -day life. That's not necessarily with exercising patients. Obviously, if you go for a run or go to the gym or do something, and you're breathing uh, more rapidly. That can be much higher than twenty-two thousand. So clearly, it's something really, really important. So to help you understand this a little bit better, I want you to do a really simple test. So I want you to take a really big breath in then take a really slow, long breath out. So as you breathe out, you should feel your ribs drop down or more accurately, your rib cage depresses and retracts. So it goes down and back, if you like. If you can't feel that happening, put your hands on your lower ribs and do that again. Big breath in, big breath out. When you breathe in, the reverse is happening. So when you breathe in, your ribs move up. So up and out. So or more accurately, they elevate and they protract. They'll also internally rotate when you breathe out. They'll externally rotate when you breathe in. But I just didn't want to make it sort of too, too complicated for you. So we think about when you when you breathe in, the ribs move, you know, up and out. When you breathe out, the ribs move down and back. Think about that. And that process happens all day, every day. When you're awake, when you're asleep, twenty-two thousand times a day, on average. Linking back to low back pain, so why is this important for patients with problems, say, for example, like lower back pain? So think about when we breathe out. When you breathe out, the ribs are going to drop down. They're going to move, you know, down and back. They're going to internally rotate, they're going to depress, and they're going to, to retract. This movement of the rib cage of those movements is combined with a posterior pelvic tilt, and it's also combined with lumbar spine flexion. So those movements happen together. So what's happening at the rib cage is combined with the specific movement at the pelvis, the posterior pelvic tilt, and also movement of the lumbar spine, which is into flexion. When you breathe in, when the ribs move up, this movement is combined with the opposite. So we get anterior pelvic tilt and we get lumbar spine extension. So 
Put simply, every time you breathe in or out, there is movement at your pelvis and movement at your lower back. Hopefully that makes sense. If you've got a bit lost there, maybe just go back 30 seconds and listen to that again. But we get movement ultimately at the pelvis and lower back combined with different movements of the ribcage, depending upon whether you're breathing in or whether you're breathing out. You can feel this yourself. So if you repeat the, the breathe in and breathe out test we did just before, put one hand on your lower back, put one hand on your ribcage, and you can feel this happening. So as you breathe out, for example, you will feel your ribs drop down and back. You should feel a slight flexion in your lower back, which is, in essence, you know, a posterior pelvic tilt. So that's happening at the same time. So if you have poor movement of the ribcage, this could be, and by poor movement I, I'm talking about here, it could be too little movement, so your, more, your ribs are immobile, or sometimes it could be too too much movement, which is less likely, but this, this is going to create a problem. It's going to change how your pelvis and how your lower back are moving. A really common presentation that you might see in the, the clinic is a patient that lacks ribcage mobility, especially the ability to retract and depress so think about that breath out you breathe out your ribs retract and depress and what this causes is a lower amount or less posterior pelvic tilt and less lumbar flexion so if you think about those patients that struggle with extension related activities think about those patients that struggle with prolonged standing with walking with running those patients that you see in clinic that have you know problems like ql tightness facet joint problems those spondy type presentations in short often what's happening with these patients is they just cannot get out of that lumbar extension that anterior pelvic tilt position you see these patients that have that big you know c curve in their in their lumbar spines and this is due often to their poor ribcage, pelvic and lumbar mobility. So if we have poor mobility in those areas of the ribcage, of the pelvis, of the, of the lumbar spine, which we know all happen together, you know, and they can't, in essence, get out of that extended position, that anterior pelvic tilted position, that lumbar extension position, they lack the ability to actually depress and retract their ribcage when they breathe out. Is it any wonder that they have the symptoms that they do? In essence, they're just stuck in this extended position. You know, their lower lower back muscles, their QLs, etc., are working, you know, in overdrive because they, you know, they because they're they're basically in a shortened position and they they never get the ability to switch off. Those joints of the facets, for example, are compressed; they're closed down. Is it any wonder that they get pain in these areas with things like? You know, prolonged standing with walking, with with running, it's not. You know, it's you know they cannot get out of the position. They're in that position all day, all day, every day. Is it any wonder they get problems with these types of of things? Ribcage mechanics is going to affect all these areas of the body, and you know it's going to undo any any rehab that you do. You know, no matter how good the rehab plan is, and and it's purely down to the fact of the sheer volume of times your ribs move during the day when you're breathing again 22,000 times a day and I see this all the time and, and one of the big failures that that therapists have is not being able to identify issues around the ribcage and it's one of the big reasons why so many patients break down during the rehab process or at best you know they get better 
but then you start to hit a bit of a plateau, particularly when you move to those higher level activities like you know running, um, return to sport, getting patients who are more active back in back in the gym. It might even be for a patient who is a little bit more sedentary, but their ability to to be able to to walk around and move around pain pain three. You maybe get those symptoms that you improve their symptoms, but you're never quite really able to to get to get rid of them. And a big reason why this happens, not only with low back pain patients, but patients with problems at the pelvis, at the hip, at the knee, the ankle, and patients with overload type injuries like patellar or Achilles tendon pain. The reason they struggle to get better is that they have issues at the ribcage. And again, if you're doing something poorly 22,000 times a day, it doesn't matter how many reps of you know, of glute bridges or um, patellar tendon, you know, isometric rehab exercises you do or Achilles tendon, you know, calf raises or whatever exercises you do in heavy slow resistance training, the eccentrics, isometrics. If they've got ultimately a problem higher up and around their ribcage, their pelvis, their lumbar spine, that is causing other you know, tissues down the chain, other joints down the chain to do more work as a result of the position that they're in. It doesn't matter how good the rehab is for that specific, you know, Achilles problem, patella tendon problem, for the hamstring, for the calf, for the knee pain, you know, hip pain, low back pain, pelvic pain, whatever it may be, you're still going to have a problem because the pelvic ribcage lumbar spine issue is still going to be there. So, I hope this has sort of shed some light in around the ribcage and, and made you think a little bit about um, potentially, you know, looking at the ribcage the next time you have a patient in the, the clinic. It's certainly not the only way you can treat patients with, with these types of problems from the lower back and pelvis and all the, the issues and injuries that you might see lower down the, the chain, but it's certainly something that I found super, super effective. And I will ultimately screen my patients you know every patient that i see with with any pain probably from the thoracic spine down to towards the the foot and ankle to see if they have a ribcage problem because again it's something that i will address really early in the rehab process something that you can fix up pretty quickly with the right you know hands-on work and the, and the right rehab but something that is imperative if you if you do identify a problem that you need to get fixed up because again you know trying to compete against um, your rehab plan against um, you know a, a bodily function that happens 22,000 times a day can be pretty hard and again it can undo your rehab plan very very quickly so I hope that's helped um, if you want to know a bit more about how to assess your patients and to see if they have a ribcage issue or not and how to treat and rehab these sorts of problems I have some specific content on the ribcage um, which will show you how to easily identify if your patient has a ribcage issue or not. Clearly, if they do, there's techniques in there, there's rear exercises you can do with your own patients that will help you with those patients to help you get long-lasting changes to their symptoms. If they don't have an issue, then it's not something you need to focus on. But again, if you're not sure how to identify this or test for this, then then you, you might struggle and you might miss something that your, your patients need. So if you want to learn how to do this, if you want to find out how you know, to identify if your patients have ribcage issues or not and what to do if they have, if you head to newgraphphysio.com forward slash membership, just hit any of the links, um, fill in the short application form, hit submit, and that gets sent straight through to, to me. I can review your application and, and I can let you know how to get access to this content right away. As always, if you do have any questions, about anything I've discussed in this podcast episode, then please just hit me up wherever you've seen 
the link to this or you know wherever you see me post um, the link to this podcast episode just hit reply and i will get right back to you but head to neurophysio.com forward slash membership to learn more about the membership more learn more about how you can get access to this type of content and like i say any issues any questions just hit me up and i will get right back to you thanks for listening to the new grad physio podcast before you head off i just wanted to make sure you did not miss this alongside his podcast andy posts a weekly blog on his website www.newgradphysio.com you can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent pdf the five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time avoid mistakes and stop you feeling less adequate than other new grads this is andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you to get a copy of this pdf or to get more information about andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.